0: Okay, Jenny Benny, we are here for episode 10, where we are going to talk about the circle of truth.
1: Your favorite topic.
0: I love this topic. (laughs) Discourse
1: away, Mr. Bear.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love this topic so much. I love the whole concept of truth, which uh, gets conflated with facts, which also gets conflated with... Stories. Okay. There is a competition in the world to teach people what is true. And basically, it's all marketing. You have businesses, churches who want to sell a product or service or lifestyle, and they will basically say that this product, service, or lifestyle, is going to change your life. This is the true way to achieve the desire that you're looking for. So it could be a life coach saying this is the true coaching method. Um, It could be a sporting goods company that says this is the true best quality sporting goods equipment. Um, It could be a digital marketing agency. This is the true tried way to advertise your business online and get traffic. Um and then when you go into religion, this is the true religion that will get you the results that you Salvation. want.
1: Salvation.
0: <laughs> Testify. <laughs> and I will say in in prefacing this that Jenny and I belong to a religious practice, a religious culture that is very much in the in the in the road of teaching people hey this is what's true and if you follow these steps and do these things salvation awaits at the end of the at the end of the road right yeah and we and we believe that i buy into it <laughs> yeah i chose to uh-huh we we chose into that and so people will say, okay, well, now you're biased about your religious thing. But this is what where we kind of differ from people that we interact with, even in our own faith traditions. And I said at that time, I was like, well, the, did the church tell you that it was true for you to marry your spouse? Or it was true for you to take this particular job? Or to go to this particular school? did it teach all of those things as true
1: in the edifice itself
0: in the right and he's like well no No. (laughs) so what the church teaches is how to acquire truth how to acquire spiritual knowledge but it doesn't teach everything that's true
1: yeah that's a vast concept and most of the time when you go to church it needs to be vanilla because everybody needs vanilla, but you've got to know how to acquire your own truth and your own meat.
0: Right. And, okay, and then just for just for those, for those some of you who are listening to this, be advised that we're not going to go off the reservation. <laughs> okay. There's a reason for that conversation. <laughs> like,
1: like, we're not... <laughs> Hang in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stick with us on this thing. All right, so years ago, I was... Uh, Introduced to this concept called the truth circle and it's basically just this idea to help people recognize that they operate from a certain perspective that is based on experiences they've had knowledge they've acquired uh, You know basically their perspective, right? Okay, I want you to think about a big circle and and We're going to just start with a small circle. So, you know, the size of a pie. And let's say you're taking this pie and you're dividing it up into three categories. The categories are things I know. The second category is things I don't know. And then the third category is things I don't know I don't know. Okay, we'll go into that. So, things you know. This is all the facts and data and life experiences you've acquired that you're like, this is true. This works. You know that if you toss a rock off a bridge, it will fall. I mean, everybody knows that. Except, I mean, everybody knows that. So, there's the, so then. As you consider what... Actually, we don't even need to consider what is part of that category. It's just these are the things that you accept as truth. Then the next category, things I know uh, things I don't know. These are things you're familiar with, but you don't really know about them or you can't explain them. So, so
1: think things that are not part of your profession. Things you have to hire out.
0: Yeah, because
1: you know you don't know them well enough to do them
0: mm-hmm. so
1: things you know you don't know
0: and it can be also things that are you you know you became familiar with in school like laws of thermodynamics or the gulf of the, the bay of pigs invasion and you're like well I've, I've heard of that but i don't know enough to explain it to somebody and then the last section of the pie is the things you don't know you don't know That literally there's this section of truth that you have no idea about.
1: Like when someone tells you stuff and you're like, whoa, mind blown.
0: You
1: just brought in something you didn't know you didn't know and put it into your realm of knowledge.
0: And then all of a sudden it resonated with you like, wait a second, there's truth in that thing.
1: So how much of this pie is that for you?
0: (laughs) Right. So really, if you, when I do this exercise with people, we'll draw a circle on a whiteboard and We'll say, okay, if the circle here represents all truth that is available to be known, and let's just say for simplicity on planet Earth, let's not even go into the universe. Let's say for simplicity on planet Earth, all truth that is available to be known about Earth, about its history, about all the people, about all the true principles, all the the scientific knowledge, all of that stuff. How, what percentage of all of that do you actually know? And the humble participant in this exercise will recognize that it's actually a very small sliver.
1: Right, it is a sliver. And the amount of pie that you're allotting to what you don't know, you don't know, is probably rather large.
0: It's very large. So the two slivers of all of the truth that could possibly be known about planet earth and its inhabitants and its histories and its sciences and all that stuff there's a small slice for the things you know and a small slice for the things you know you don't know and then the thing and then the big vast majority of it is the things you don't know you don't know
1: you might not even care about those things
0: right and that's where people are like oh but if i don't know it it just means it's not relevant you know i don't need to know
1: but it still means it's there.
0: <laughs> right.
1: There is a piece of the pie you're just not going to want to eat because you're never going to want to eat a whole pie by yourself at that vast state. <laughs>
0: sure. It's
1: a little overwhelming. Get some tummy aches. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And so, and, and, but, but take this principle and, and boil it down to your seven-year-old who doesn't want to do math, his math homework. And you're like, <laughs> or you're, you're middle schooler. I don't need to know this. (laughs) And, you know, and of course there are some parents out there who will be like, you know, you're right. It's true. You really don't need to know this unless you go into the field of physics or mathematics or whatever. But most parents will be like, well, actually, I think it would be really helpful if you were at least aware of this piece of truth, that you knew this piece of truth exists.
1: You expose yourself to it a couple times, so by the time you have to actually study it for rails it's not completely foreign to you.
0: Right. Okay, so there's this huge circle and uh, this huge, vast amount of information that we really don't know. And despite all of the treasures of knowledge and wisdom that Jenny and I have acquired over the years, we still are humble enough to say that our piece of, this, of the pie is still rather small. Yeah. Very small.
1: (laughs) And I'm even understanding that my brain doesn't even want to know what the rest of the pie looks like sometimes. Like, whoa, can't handle that one. Just put that on the
0: shelf. The purpose of this exercise is not to demonstrate how much you know. The purpose of this exercise is is to humble yourself to the point that you recognize, oh, crap. There's a lot that I don't know. And so then the corollary to that is, all right. You know, God, how much of this other part do you want me to know? You know, and when it comes to knowledge and how knowledge is is packaged, how much do I need to know of all this stuff that the the world considers to be true? And then what's then you have to separate truth from information and truth from the superfluous stuff that we see on our Facebook feeds. I mean, yeah, truth versus information, another huge distinction.
1: Right. I mean, that's a large amount of filtering.
0: Yes. That if
1: you expose yourself to all those words, and our war of words happening on Facebook and social media, you would have to filter a lot just to discern the truth in that. Right. And most of us don't even know that we're discerning truth. We're just discerning that which matches our belief system.
0: Which we're open to receiving yeah the uh, you know reticular activation system in the brain filters out information that is not relevant because there's millions of stimuli around us, and if our brain focused in on every single stimuli that crossed a pa- our path, then we couldn't get anything done. We'd be like, "Oh, look, you know it's like squirrel, 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 chicken, bird, <laughs> leaf. <laughs> So the insect, thing- <laughs> ant, <laughs> ladybug. I mean, <laughs> chemtrails. No, just kidding. <laughs> so the things that come on our radar are things that interest us, that uh, that catch our attention, and so that's why sales is always so gimmicky. It's like, what's the thing that's going to catch the person's attention? Oh, the big sign, the big inflatable thing that's <laughs> above. All of it's just, here, here, look at this, look at this, look at this. So um, so anyway, we filter out information, and then there's a psychological concept called confirmation bias, which you've, you're you probably well aware of, but for those of you who need a refresher, because it's one of those things that you don't know, or you know you don't know, uh, confirmation bias is that we tend to believe things that confirm our pre-existing biases. So if somebody is Something like... Something
1: we want to be true... When we hear something and we're like, oh, that's gonna validate my truth, I'm gonna bring that one in and call it hundred percent true when it might not be a fact, but you want it to be a fact, and so you're gonna make it your fact.
0: Right. Yeah. What's true versus true for you versus living your truth versus I mean, there's there there's this there's a, a trademarked phrase that says live your truth. And um, and we, you know, actually believe that. But there are people who kind of backlashed against it. It's like, well, there's no such thing as living your truth. There's only such thing as living the truth.
1: <laughs> he, he's eye rolling. <laughs> if you can't say that.
0: <laughs> so there are true principles. And I guess right now would be a great time to ask the audience, what are some true principles that you have found in your life to be almost 100% effective every time you put them in place. I think you'll find that some of these true principles are things that are shared across across multiple cultures, multiple denominations. But, I mean, very basic things is that, that love is one of the greatest feelings and forces on earth that we should... Proclaim peace. We should be peacemaking people. That peace is better than war. That light is better than darkness. That clarity is better than confusion. Kindness. Kindness is better than anger and frustration. It's better to let people live and make their own free choices and decisions instead of trying to control them. And force them to see things the way that you see them or do things the way that you do them. I love this principle, which is we teach them, we teach people true principles and then let them govern themselves. I love that little gem. I love this gem that by their fruits ye shall know them.
1: So I've used that one over and over in my life. Because there have been so many times where the constructs of limited knowledge that I was raised with, I grew up with, in my home and in the school system, were very organized, structured. This is life. And then as I grew up, life didn't work for me anymore. Something was missing and something was wrong. Talked about that in the past. And I had to go seek out different truth or more truth.
0: More truth. And so customized truth,
1: people, places would come across my radar and it was so out of my norm. It was so uncomfortable, but I relied on that scripture by you, their fruits, he shall know them. And so I was like, well then, or another scripture I have is plant the seed. And if the seed's good, it will grow and bring forth good fruit. So I was like, I've got to take this seed of what I just experienced and try it out. And I got to tell you, This happens over and over and over again with every coaching client I have. And it's usually not them, and it's usually not the seed. They found a seed, they planted it, it's yielding good fruit, but it is radically different than anything they grew up with, and it strikes their husbands as wrong. And husbands come out with fists flying, don't you dare dupe my wife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and it happens all the time and the thing is who's going to get the fists? it's the wives it's not what they've been it's not the people they're listening to it's not the weird things that they've suddenly get gotten into that they're getting so much benefit from and so much healing from and so the wives are the ones who are like wait is this my is this what i'm going to bring in as truth into my system And then they stand up for themselves and they say,
0: yeah. This is working for me.
1: This is working for me. I'm a better, stronger person. I'm a more healed person. I'm a more peaceful, loving person. Leave my new strengths alone. Leave my new strategies alone. Leave my new teachings alone. It doesn't violate your teachings, but you need to leave me be in peace. It's so important. And so sometimes at home, Steve and the kids will laugh that I'm a feminist. (laughs) But when I can see women that are willing to think for themselves and stand on their own two feet, when I tell you, my girls and I read romance novels, very clean romance novels, that are always addressing the oppression of women during the Victorian era and how they were simply property to be exchanged, to be disposed of. And so in order to really own yourself, you've got to stand up for yourself and say, nope, I'm a human. I have beliefs. I'm going to do this. And a lot of us are quiet, normal women. Like, what did I do? I grew up playing house and all I wanted to do was to be married and have a family. I never imagined I'd be a business owner. Never imagined I'd be a coach. Had no idea that there was more in my life, more part of my strengths in in store for me. So that's how I've taken this whole concept and I've applied it for me. And I've seen it applied to countless women I've helped. And, oh, I don't even like the word helped. Like, I've just really coached them to see their greatness. And then they're like, hell yeah, (laughs) I'm great. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> okay,
0: go ahead, Steve. Well, in in this in and, and just to add a the perspective from me, like I grew up wanting to be a dad. It's not like I grew up with this notion that I'm just going to be this, you know, ruler man, of the house, ruler of the house, or this, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and make all this money while my wife stays home and does laundry. No,
1: and and we've definitely <sighs> bought heads. And we're like, who's the ruler of the house? Well, I don't know. Who's it today? (laughs)
0: Let's duke it out. (laughs) Rochambeau. So to
1: speak. (laughs) We're very equally yoked. Yeah, totally. And we walk our own paths. And that's what we've discovered has been the biggest difference.
0: Yeah. And and, and so when we talk about like, all right, knowing what's true for you, it's it's almost knowing and, and partnering with God to know, okay, here I am walking this path, which is my life. And... I can, you know, go any number of ways. I mean, there's millions of different scenarios that somebody could go, like turn left here, turn right there. I mean, just decision trees. (laughs) Millions of different scenarios of what you could do with your life. And at some point, it's nice to take God's hand and say, okay, you and me, we're in this together. And I'm not going to do, I'm not going to ask you to just tell me what to do. I'm going to chart a course for my life, and I just ask God that you direct me in ways that put me back on the right course or the best course for me. Sure.
1: There's countless times where you or I have said, okay, this is where we're going, and then something comes and slams into our plans, and we're like, what? Yeah. And then our philosophy is, well, there must be a better option out there.
0: Right. And even just recently, I, I had charted a path for our family for the next six months, and then a whole new opportunity came in. I was like, oh, wait, well, what about my original plan? Well, guess what? I can do both of them together, but maybe not in the timeline that I had anticipated or not in the way that would yield exactly the results that I had hoped for initially. So when it's talking about knowing the truth, that's also like knowing what's next for you and what step you should take into the direction and sometimes taking steps forward require going into the darkness a little bit and you step forward and all of a sudden boom there's more light and you step forward and you're like oh well wait there's more light ahead of me you're like okay I must be on the right path so let us just end this this podcast this episode with this verse of scripture that I love and and I and I I speak it as a Christian I speak it to people who believe in Christ, but uh, this is this is what I believe is true. Behold, the Spirit of Christ is given to every person that they may know good from evil. Wherefore, I show unto you the way to judge. Everything which inviteth to do good and to persuade to believe in Christ is sent forth by the power and gift of Christ. Wherefore, ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of God. You can know it's true. Whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do evil, and believe not in Christ, and deny him, and serve not God, then ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of the devil. For after this manner doth the devil work, he persuadeth no man to do good, no not one, neither do his angels, neither, neither do they who subject themselves to him. And now, seeing that you know the light by which ye may judge, which light is the light of Christ, see that you do not judge wrongfully. For with that same judgment which ye judge, ye shall also be judged. Wherefore I beseech of you that ye should search diligently in the light of Christ that ye may know good from evil. And if ye will lay hold upon every good thing and condemn it not, ye certainly will be a child of Christ. How cool is that? Lay hold on every good thing. Don't condemn it, even if it doesn't fit your your current paradigm.
1: So, I've got a teaser for you. Next episode, we're going to share how to discover truth in your body. I've been sharing this with Christians and non-Christians alike, and they are loving the results. So hang tight, and we'll see you soon.